Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and it is Mile High Magazine. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. Uh, looking forward to having this conversation today with Dr. Jamie Brower. She is the founder and serves as the CEO of the National Emergency Responder and Public Safety Center. Good morning, Dr. Brower. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Let's talk a little bit first. What is the National Emergency Responder and Public Safety Center? The The National Center is our approach to addressing the mental health and wellness needs of emergency responders and public safety personnel throughout the country. And, you know, the National Center really is more of a, I I think I'd call it really a community of support Mm -hmm. because it is pretty all-encompassing. There, you know, are three different prongs where we focus on responder wellness Um, and agency trainings and courses that they need. And then we also focus on families and the support for families. And the third prong is really dialed in on ensuring uh, that clinicians that work with the emergency responder and public safety community are certified and trained and that there's a standard put in place, which really has not existed uh, throughout the country um, at all, except for ABAP, mm-hmm. which very few people ultimately end up having. So most of the folks who are engaged in the work and serving the emergency responder and public safety community, you know, are self-identified. There's really no standard for those clinicians. And it was our goal to have, you know, these three um, areas of support put in place so that we can really assist our emergency responders and their families. So how did this need, this idea come about for you? You know, I've, I've been doing this now for over 20 years, working with emergency responders and public safety personnel, not only in Colorado, but really throughout the country. And my private practice, Brower Psychological, we service over 150 agencies throughout Colorado and across the country, um, from state to federal, you name it. And... Um, Over the years, you know, we've seen this need for mental health services increase. We've also seen acceptability of it so that they are more open to receiving those types of services and they are looking for them. Um, And I think that this, you know, the the wellness idea and um, taking care of our responders has always been at at the forefront of what I've done throughout the course of my career and all of my colleagues and the folks who I'm fortunate enough to work with at Brower and the National Center. And, you know, we decided that we really needed to take an out-of-the-box approach, especially given this last year, you Mm -hmm. know, with COVID and social unrest and all of the challenges that our emergency responders have really faced and their families over this last year. We needed to take an out-of-the-box approach to say um, we need to make wellness easily accessible We need to make it cost-effective. We need to make sure that we're getting them the courses that they need and the resiliency and self-care that they need. Um, And while taking care of their families, but we've got to figure out a way to do this where um, it's confidential and they'll actually reach out to utilize it. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, across the country, we have a shortage of mental health professionals. We have a definite shortage in people who are culturally competent in working with responders. And we can't service it all. And, and there, there's got to be a better mechanism to get these resources out um, so that we can provide the most amount of help to the most, you know, responders as possible. Well, and I've got to assume that 
for mental health professionals working with first responders that it is a different skill set. It is some different training that they're going to need. It, it really is a very specialized um, level of care that clinicians, you know, before we put our program together, you know, if you wanted to find some education in the public safety domain, working with public safety, working with emergency responders, there were no specific courses for that at all. Hmm. Um, many clinicians are not uh, trained in trauma response. Many are not trained in debriefing methods and mechanisms and how those work effectively with various agencies of various sizes. And when, you know, we have clinicians who are very well-meaning who certainly want to help, but they don't understand not only the culture for responders, but also how the, how the system works. You know, I think inner, inside each system, you know, a very well-meaning clinician may write a letter, you know, uh, perhaps even on behalf of a, of a responder saying, hey, they can do this, but they can't do that. We, we want them to be able to do X, Y, and Z, but they, they can't do W. So what ends up happening then is they write that letter, the department sees it, and it may trigger a negative reaction or a negative response from the agency toward that responder. They could end up in a fit-for-duty evaluation, and it was unintended but well-meant. Mm-hmm. And we really need clinicians to understand the you know, overarching how the systems work, what is the culture like. Uh, we also don't want to you know, misdiagnose things with our responders because that culture is very unique that some things that we may see in a clinical session, um, whether it's, um, you know, really being able to take their, their tough day or their tough situation and compartmentalize that completely so that they can continue to work the very next day, we may see that as, as clinically significant and a problem, whereas for responders, it, it really oftentimes is more of a necessity. Right. And so we have to understand the difference between, you know, what's clinical, what's not, and and really have that cultural competence. You know, we usually only get one shot with responders. They call in, they need the help, uh, and, they, and to have somebody on the other line or to have somebody in a, in a clinical setting who, you know, is unsure or doesn't exactly know what their world is like, just doesn't work. Right. No, it makes perfect sense as, as I'm hearing you explain it. Uh, what are some of those pressing needs that you're seeing among the responder community these days? Uh, you know, I, I think our responder community as a whole, especially over the last year and a half, have taken such an incredible hit, um, not only with their COVID response and the dangers associated with that and the, and the concerns, the very deep concerns that they have about bringing that home to their families, mm-hmm. but also the amount of social unrest that all of the agencies have experienced, particularly, you know, law enforcement agencies and groups. And, and I think, too, that, you know, all these layers of stress that most people have felt throughout the country over the last year and a half, if you had, you know, a little bit of depression or you were struggling a little bit with anxiety, when you start adding on layers of additional stress, what we find is that mental health very quickly begins to shake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you had a little bit of something, it's highly likely that you may be struggling with a lot of it now. And we've seen that not only in our responder groups, but, um, you know, specific to law enforcement, we've seen a fair amount of folks who have just left the, left the field. We've mm. had an outrageous number of uh, retirements and folks just leaving the field completely. We've had family members, you know, begging them to quit and to no longer serve their communities. 
um, and out of fear and frustration, there have just been so many things that have impacted, I think, the overall wellness of responders over this last year and a half that um, I'm hoping that the National Center will provide some of those resources to help, you know, boost them and build them back back up. Well, absolutely. I mean, these are the people on our front lines. You know, these are the people that rush in when most of us are rushing out of a situation. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that you've got such a heart in the training and the centers and that you're doing this. And I know you've also created uh, systems and solutions. Can you share any of those? You know, some of the systems and solutions that are are embedded within the National Center really are linked to the fact that, you know, budgets have been reduced. We've had many agencies are having their budgets even reallocated. It's kind of a a different version of defunding, but funds are being reallocated to other things and diverted away from mental health. And what we're trying to provide really, if you look at the, for our agencies and our, you know, that end of the spectrum um, and responder members, that we've created a system where responders can not only access services for their wellness, so we have courses on, um, you know, resiliency, morale and resiliency. We've got courses on getting better sleep, reducing alcohol consumption, um, you know, a a ton of wonderful self-care, pre-trauma preparation so that we're taking care of them. But we've also, within that same house, We've also coordinated many of the courses that agencies already require and that communities have really demanded from responders, like communication and de-escalation courses or, you know, working and interacting within the community with those who are living with mental health conditions. And we've been able to, you know, pull those together. We even have a course that will be coming here this summer called The Weight of the Badge, where we talk about accountability and how perspectives change and how we need to utilize and boost emotional intelligence in order to help with our responses during those really difficult times. So part of that system is really to say, look, we know that if we um, not only train law enforcement and other responders in those things that we really need them to have to interact positively with the community, But we also have to make sure that we're taking care of their mental health and their wellness at the same time. If we don't have well and healthy responders, we're not going to have well and healthy interactions with the community, that period. Right. And so the system is really designed to hit all of it, to really work with all of the needs, not only of the agencies, the responders, their families, and the community, but the systems in place so that we can cover all of that in one, you know, in one fail swoop. And... I think on the clinician end of things, you know, one of the things that we've seen is is trying to encourage a lot of the EAPs, a lot of the larger behavioral health organizations, you know, they all will say, well, we've got clinicians who can work with responders, but, but there's no certification, there's no standard, there's no nothing. So part of the system that we've put in place with this clinician, you know, emergency responder and public safety clinician certification is to really say, okay you know, large behavioral health groups, EAPs, let's get your people certified. Let's get them educated. Let's work from that end mm-hmm. as well so that, we, you know, when they do reach out, we can give them the best care possible. And we have uh, quite, you know, a fair amount of interest in that. We've partnered with Cigna already. We've done some work with Sondermind. Um, and there are agencies and groups that are coming out saying, hey, yeah, we need to get our people certified as well. This is another great 
system that we can really pull from in order to create that community of support that is just so critical right now. I was going to say, I just think of what we've been going through here in Colorado over the past week plus with the shooting in Boulder and how difficult that must be to deal with all the things that go along with that for our first responder community. It it has been so difficult. And, uh, you know, my office, um, Brower Psychological, we have uh, the very great privilege to work with the Boulder Police Department, the Boulder County Sheriff's Office, the Boulder Coroner's Office, and many of the area agencies that were impacted by that shooting. And it has been um, a very difficult couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the outreach that we've gotten from responders has been has been significant. You know, I think um, it it brings to fruition everything for our law enforcement personnel that, you know, they they sign up for that job knowing that they may sacrifice their lives. Their families have been deeply impacted because their families now um, again have to know that, hey, you know, when my loved one goes to work, and when they're out there working, this can happen. And I, I think that, you know, those impacts have been significant, and we'll probably be working through a lot of those issues and those impacts for months to come. I'm sure you will. Well, Dr. Jamie Brower, the founder, CEO of the National Emergency Responder and Public Safety Center, thank you for being here. For first responders maybe that are hearing this uh, interview today and want to reach out, is there a phone number? Is there a place that they should go? Absolutely. You know, for responders that, that want to have access to the National Center and their family members, because we we definitely understand their impacts. We want you to go ahead and reach out uh, through our, our web presence, which is nerpsc.com. And, um, you know, for anyone local here in the Colorado area, if they ever need additional assistance, they can also give us a call at 720-222-3400. And we will offer any amount of resources that we can to assist them in their dedication um, and their really, you know, passionate service. Anything we can do, we will assist with. Wonderful. All right, Dr. Jamie Brower, thank you so much for your time today. Um, Really appreciate it and the work that you're doing here in our community. Thank you for your guys' commitment to responders and, and making sure that, you know, responders can be heard and that resources are made available to them. It's incredibly important work. So thank you guys, too, for what you do. Oh, our pleasure. Well, thanks for being here with us today at Mile High Magazine. I'm Melissa Moore. For more information on this story, just go to your radio station's website, and you can always share it on social media as well. Go out. Have a great day. Be blessed and be kind to everyone.